Good day. You are listening to a podcast. But this isn't just any podcast. Just any podcast couldn't do this. Or this. What the? This is the podcast. Starring the tense. Starring the tense. The uh, starring the Ted Smith and Cobb. The podcast starts. You better wear a helmet now. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of uh, the podcast, the home episode. As always, I'll be your host, Ted Smith. Uh, he's moved to the left box today on Zoom because uh, Matt popped down. He goes by the name of Cobb. Cobb, what's going on? <laughs> what's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us. Hope you all are doing well and that you enjoy the app. All right, back there in the uh, or down there in the bottom box, getting everything all set up. No, no shirt, flexing on us. Matt, comment the producer, MCTP. What's up, Matt? Hey, Ted. How you doing? Uh, yeah, you're right. Very shirtless. Uh, it's just been one of those days. What can I say? <laughs> uh, so you guys spent a little time before we get. We've been talking about Lake House versus Beach House. I feel like I want your guys' thoughts on now River House. Whoo! Dude, the River House is a strong play. The one caveat I would say is you need a swimming hole. If you have a swimming hole, the River House is a good move. Now, obviously, there's a lot of different rivers, a lot of different streams, and they vary in clarity, uh, beauty, and width. And you know what? For that matter, girth. But uh, <laughs> the one we got the pleasure to jump into was amazing 10 out of 10 i think river house uh, i don't know man you know I, I would say the devil's in the details but river house is certainly a contender yeah it's i mean that one in particular we there's something about the current of a river it wasn't particularly strong but it it just adds to the fun, you know. It felt like an infinity pool in that one part, uh, and you know, just feels very refreshing. I mean, isn't that the whole thing people say about rivers? It's like their life because they're always running and doing stuff. They're very yeah. I mean, they lend themselves to a lot of metaphors related to the human experience for sure. Yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, I think the bottom line is this. Just get a house near some water. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. TLDR, apes love water. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, what else are we catching up on? Uh, I had a very boring weekend. You guys had a fun one. Uh, saw some friends of ours. And then uh, we say it was also, I noticed a lot of people kind of did stuff like that because that was the weekend we would have been at a festival at Summer Meltdown. Was it the, uh, I don't know, do you want to wait for what's mattening? Do you want to talk about it now? Same atmosphere? Yeah, we could talk about it. I mean, so for people who don't know, we just did a little socially distanced camp out to kind of commemorate what we usually do for Summer Meltdown, which is meet up. Um, so it wasn't a big thing. It was just a few of us. But uh, yeah, we went down and had a little camp out in Oregon and um it was a great time. Ted was gonna come and then basically at the last and he was hyped about it. We were hyped about it. He's gonna ride down with me after work, but at the last minute, um what do they call that? Lady Fate or something like that? Intervened? I don't know. Yeah, well Lady Fate has a weird way. Gout is not the way to miss something. Actually, it's funny. So I got gout Friday morning, and then I saw today somebody on my Facebook, him and his wife went to Vegas for her fiftieth. They went skydiving, and then same thing. She woke up on Friday with it. 
He was like, yeah, kind of ruined the whole weekend. How old were you the first time you got gout? Kind of like 35. And like it runs in the family. Oh, so you only had it for like a couple years. Yeah. Dang. So this is still possible for Matt and I. Okay. I wasn't sure if it was like something you'd had since you were like, you know, it comes and goes since you were like six. But so what it, basically for people who don't know what is it's like inflammation in your ankle that's really painful. Is that I mean, some accurate? people it's ankles. Sometimes it's people's knees. Sometimes it's like a lot of people get it in their big toe. It's just like. I know people much. can get it in their heel too. Oh, yeah. It's like too much shellfish, too much beer. Like you got to stop drinking alcohol when you get it. Start drinking cherry juice. Like it's and then you can take a daily pill so that it never comes back. But I'm always like, ah. I'll watch my diet and be fine. That's part of the frustrating thing when I get an attack. I'm like, Jesus Christ, we could have prevented this. And so what, it comes on pretty suddenly? Like you, you don't have, you know, you don't, it doesn't kind of build over a couple of days, but it's just like, boom, gout's here? Overnight. Like it literally, wow. every attack starts during the middle of the night. And it's, uh, it's like I wake up, like when I went to bed, like my Achilles was a little tight. I was like, well, I worked out the day before. Maybe that's it. And then wake up at like two in the morning, three in the morning, just writhing in pain. And like, oh, so it's fast. It's like four or five hours. Oh, yeah. And like, that's what I'm saying. You can't even put a sheet on it. Like, that's how bad it can hurt. Oh, dude. Yeah. You said that to me and that stuck with me. That's what I was telling people down there. So I was like, he said, I was trying to, they're like, well, did you try to convince him to come? I was like, hell yeah of course i tried to convince him to come i was like dude we have a van you can ride in the back there's we just installed a little bed in it you can put your foot up and when you were like yeah putting a sheet on it hurts i was like okay well i'll see you next week on the podcast (laughs) like this dude's not driving four hours i'll tell you that right now oh no and that i mean that's the thing it's such a terrible thing to have and a lot of it's controlled by diet but yeah it is it is beyond painful so what's cherry juice all about? You know what? To be honest with you, I'm not sure how it works. It's just one of the home remedies, like cherry juice, some Advil. Uh, you know, if you're so into it, maybe some marijuana and some topicals. I mean, Where I the think, hell do you even get cherry juice? Uh, the grocery store, Rite Aid. Really? You ever heard of Cherry Bundy? No, I literally haven't. It's like the number one brand for cherry juice, but like... <laughs> <laughs> oh my excuse me well they sponsored a bowl last year and somebody was like cherry bundy bowl like what is that about and i was like oh man that's cherry juice like it's the best one on the market and they're like how do you know that i'm like yeah like only like i don't know cherry juice by the way is delicious i just never think to drink it drink it any other time but if you know somebody over 30 and they know about cherry juice they probably get gout dude they need a rebrand like avocados were like rare and now they're everywhere Cherry juice, man. Maybe that's the next big one. You heard it, it here first. There's just not a lot of cocktails. What's just funny is I'm drinking a cherry soda water, but there's not a lot of <laughs> cocktails that call for cherry juice. Yeah. I mean, there's a few with like, you know, cherry, um, what's that called? Syrup, but obviously not the same thing, you know, like a Roy Rogers or anything like that. But grenadine. Yeah, exactly. Grenadine. Hmm. Dang, man. Yeah. So that, that was that was that. It was a terribly fun weekend. Are you uh, walking again? Yeah. Today today feels all right. But yeah, Saturday was brutal. And then honestly, you guys left town the right night. It freaking rained on Friday night, like half a Saturday. Whoa. Oh, 
Dude, August, man, man, it's been a wild summer weather-wise. I know you're a big weather guy, but I mean, you got to back me up here. This has been one of our worst summers. Oh, for sure, like legit, like in the record books. Like it is, it is very odd. Like we had like I don't even know if we've had a ninety degree day. We've had a couple of high eighties, but that's about it. And usually by this time of year, you pop. Usually there's like two weeks of ninety where it's kind of unbearable, but we we just haven't got there this summer. Wild year, man. We're probably past the peak heat as of like this week, I would guess. In terms of, I mean, you know, historically. Yeah. I, I mean, we're going to have 80s this weekend, which will be nice. But, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it's been a crazy one. And then I was talking about that, that storm that was in Chicago today. That was some new storm I've never even heard of. The derecho. Derecho, yeah. It looked like a hurricane, but it was like the size of like a thunderstorm rolling through the like major cities. Whoa. Did it has, does it have like heavy winds and stuff or just rain or what? What's oh, yeah. the deal? 100 mile an hour winds. 100 mile an hour. Jesus, dude. That's what rolled through downtown Chicago after their riots this morning? Yes. Wow. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. I thought, so in, uh, in the park by Ted, my house, there were people doing uh, baptisms the other day. I know it sounds wild, but it's like this guy from California and whatever. Um, it was kind of like a, you know, a showboating thing, but, um, like I see why they're saying like end of times, man, that's crazy. I don't think it's the end of times, but that honestly, that's the kind of stuff that will make people believe. Oh yeah. Or like volcanoes erupting and I don't know. The locusts are back. I mean, there's, there's a ton of weird stuff going on. Dude, the locust thing is honestly crazy. I've been following that a little bit and that's wild in Africa. Absolutely wild. And then I think the cicadas are out in like Maryland and a few other places this summer as well, which is like, I can't believe how loud those things are. Yeah. 17 year animal. Like it just lays in the ground and then every 17 years it just pops out. What? Yeah. You've never even heard of cicadas. Yeah. Cause it's, it's they just, are loud. Yeah. It's just in certain areas. So like, I want to say like Michigan gets them part of Maryland gets them, but I mean, they are Northern Virginia everywhere, Matt. Like, you go outside and you got to like swipe them away and there's like dead ones on your car and everything. Dogs. Them. I mean, it, yeah, it's and they're deafening. They're very, very, very loud. Like kind of like a grasshopper times a hundred. What? How big are they? I don't know. Is that big? Probably so, oh, yeah, wow. an inch and a half, two inches long. Kind of like, like a little cockroach. Is that accurate, Ted? I don't know if I've ever seen one. Yeah. I'd say maybe a little bit long. Yeah. You're probably right. Like, is that two inches? Whoa. Yeah, man. They're, they're, they're annoying as hell. And then I want to say some people, you can like eat them or something. I ate once. I ate one once on a bet, but it was a bad call. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bad call. That five bucks wasn't worth it, huh? No, it was not worth it at all. Uh, let's see. Cobb, I finally watched Senna. That is terribly sad. Very exciting about the F1 driver from Brazil. Uh, yeah, it was a documentary. Did you like it? Oh, yeah. It was great. But just the end of it, I was like, like I knew it was going to happen, but it's still just sad. It's just, it's just crazy too, like watching that sport, uh, Formula One, like just how much money and technology is involved. And emotion. I mean, in the Santa thing, like, you know, that was that guy's whole life. And it's really hard to watch, I felt. Yeah, it was kind of interesting too, watching somebody. So this guy, like when he's young, he goes out, he wins Monaco when he shouldn't have won. When it's raining, he's the best. But his whole thing is he drives basically without fear on the edge. 
which is what F1 drivers do. But yeah, in the end, you know, hits a wall, ends up dying. But it's crazy too, is the course he's on, like somebody else had already like died that week or like people had gotten really hurt that week on the same course. So I guess that was the thing that kind of caught me, like maybe, maybe cancel the race. <laughs> yeah, man, it, that thing was heartbreaking to watch. Um, sorry, I'm starting our emails. Yeah, it, you know, it was cool though. Like previous to that, I had no Formula One quote unquote experience. Like I hadn't seen anything related to Formula One and that definitely was like a good immersion and introduction to the sport I felt. And now with this F1 series on Netflix, that's so good. If you're looking to kill some time, that's a pretty killer one-two punch. And Senna's on Netflix too? Ted? Uh, man, it's got to be. That's where, that's where I must have watched it. Okay. Yeah, I, I know it was for a long time. It's S-E-N-A for people. Who, it's probably available on YouTube also, but yeah, I think it's on there. I would also say in the complete opposite of that movie, I also watch Matt, you'll like this for hockey stuff. I watch Goon with Sean so good. Oh my God. What a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. Big <laughs> fan of Goon. Pick 69. That'll be hilarious. <laughs> what, what's that other hockey movie with like the two uh, or the triplets that have glasses? Or maybe they're twins. Oh, Slapshot. You know, t- Slapshot. Also yeah. a great movie. I'm, I'm, honestly, I never watched it. It was just a little bit older than me, and like I think I tried to once, but I was like, "Man, I'm just gonna watch D2 again." I need to rewatch. I was on like a kind of like a big tour bus with a swim team, so I didn't catch all the lines, but pretty funny. Do you guys follow Shooter McGavin on Twitter? <laughs> Shooter? No, I don't. So obviously, it's a parody account, right? That it's like Shooter McGavin, but he's been releasing these like uh, unsung. Uh, uh, villains in movies and the first one he did Matt was the uh, Gordon Bombay and he's, he's an like, unsung he's villain unsung villain and he's like drives his limo on ice with children got arrested for DUI like <laughs> played nice with a kid just to hook up with his mom <laughs> like it's it's pretty good stuff and you're always like that guy is a villain man I don't know why I didn't think about it that way wow Emilio, <laughs> the Mighty Duck Man. I swear to God, <laughs> that's a great reference point too. Nathan <laughs> Roxbury is an awesome movie. All right, yeah. me, and, me, and, me and Miles have this conversation all the time. Do you think Will Ferrell movies take a while to like? Sometimes I watch them and I'm like, man, eh, it's all right. And then like the second or third time you watch it, it seems funnier. Dude, I, I hear what you're saying. I think you know some of them. I mean one like he's just so into it that like he sells it based solely on his enthusiasm but two you know a lot of them are pretty like dense i keep wanting to say lyrically like the script writing or whatever what's that called like the screenplay yeah yeah but like the yeah the dialogue thank you yeah like the dialogue is usually pretty like witty and intense and so sometimes it takes a second to just like catch all those little things like in um what's that called old school you know he's all, like it's just like the little subtle lines that you're like it's like you're my boy blue you're my boy you know like just little things where like will ferrell sends a heart so yeah Ted, i'm with you i think they're good the first time better the second time zoolander is another great example so anchorman was definitely one of those for me 
I will say Step Brothers and Talladega Nights as well. Um, Night at the Roxbury, I loved from the get go, and nobody really like knew it. Kind of became a little bit of a cult classic. Um, I saw it in theaters and was like, "This movie's awesome." And I back then I'd like track the box office numbers, and I was like, "Why is nobody going to see Night at the Roxbury?" And nobody talked about. It. Then like ten years later, everyone started with the references, and I was like. Where you guys been? <laughs> Ted, what do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I think Anchorman was one I saw right away in like old school. Like old school was hilarious. But yeah, I mean, Matt just named a couple of them. Or like, uh, what's the other one? Is it Blades of Blades of Glory? Blades of Glory. Yeah. The Ice Skater. Like Step Brothers is the big one. The first time I saw Step Brothers, I was like, eh, that's all right. But now when it's on, I watch it like every time. <laughs> yeah man he's just so funny he just he's so committed oh also what's that movie where he's like a a car salesman he like runs a rival dealership um it's got jeremy piven in it and the movie itself is okay but he's really funny in it oh dude uh driven maybe i'm not sure do you guys know movie i'm talking about i don't i remember him being the car salesman in uh he's bounded down yeah so, yeah, so one other reference for it, um, Daryl from The Office is a DJ in it. He's DJ remix or DJ repeat, and people request songs, and he always, like, won't play whatever they request, and he's like, trust yourself. Never let the customer tell you what to do. And he's like, gives himself, like, internal motivational speeches. It's super funny. He'll put vaguely. on a, a different song and just stare them down if they make a request. <laughs> It's ringing no recollection. Well, I don't have the title. Oh like, man, somebody's screaming into their uh, their headphones right now. Yeah, I feel like I can see the cover of that movie, but I have not watched it. Right? They just all used sales cars, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway, Will Ferrell. I, the movie itself was whatever, but Will Ferrell in that movie was very funny, in my opinion. Uh, so you guys obviously weren't watching, logging the hours that I was this weekend. Uh, the other funny thing we keep, I've been talking about the NBA bubble, which might be my most, like that, that, that NBA bubble is just unbelievable. Right. You got, I love the the bubble, right. You got the guy, uh, that left for, for a family emergency and then picked up (laughs) some chicken wings, which by the way, he had a good excuse. He said, man, it's 5 30 PM. That's where I go to get wings. (laughs) Picked up some chicken wings is really underselling it. Right. I mean, he went to a world-famous strip club to pick up <laughs> some chicken wings, allegedly. So the newest thing that's happened in the bubble is I forget who it was, but a couple of players were beefing on the court, right? And literally to the point of somebody was like, here's my room number. Come find me. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> like they're in that bubble. Now, granted, they're in nice rooms and stuff, but like that's a bunch of – dudes who are all pretty much alpha males because they're in pro sports and then like you know you're not leaving town you get into a beef with a dude like he's literally still on the same property you're gonna see him tomorrow yeah and you don't even get that cool off period between games you know where it's like oh i'll see him in another like month or two it's like 316 magic kingdom come at me yeah i'm just imagining them in like in front of like a Mickey statue or something, just throwing down like the background of like happy Disney characters. And then just two big grown ass men just throwing punches back and forth. God, I would watch the hell out of that world star video. (laughs) The hell out of it, boys. 
<laughs> and Matt, you're right. That's the thing too. It's like it's the NBA. These dudes are giants. Guys, it's the happiest place on earth. Calm down. <laughs> God, man. Yeah, that is weird. I didn't even think about like them all just being in the same universe after this. Wait, so Ted, what? Who was the beef between? I can't remember off the top of my head. It was just it was like a big story Friday night, and then like. Saturday, the big story was that uh, uh, Dame Lillard, like he missed a couple foul shots, and then dudes from the other team were like chirping him. So then he chirped back, and then they were getting on each other on Instagram. He's like, "Ah, oh, they're just jealous because I sent them home." Like, I mean, the only thing too is like all this stuff would be kind of interesting, but again, they're all in the same spot. Like, you can't get away from each other. I mean, even. Even your friends that you like, right? Like travel with them for a little over, like over a week. And it's like, all right, this is, this is a lot of, of us time. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And especially within, cause it's also, it's not just like a fun sports team getaway. I mean, this is their career, you know, and like tensions tend to flare in sports, even amongst your own team, just for not getting the passes you think you deserve someone being selfish whatever you know being chippy or mouthy and it's high stakes for them i mean we're talking about millions of dollars so that is a pretty bizarre bizarre setup man has any other news come out about the is if the seattle bubble is gonna happen for the pac-12 yeah uh no the latest news was that the big 10 and the pac-12 were gonna cancel football but nothing official yet wow yeah dude i'll say it i think that's the right call what do you think ted uh, I don't know, man. It is tough. Cause I do think for a lot of these college athletes, I do agree that I think being on a college campus, like is safer. You have team doctors and this and that, and that, that would be maybe a little more of a bubble form. But I also think universities are scared to death of somebody getting really sick and suing the university. Oh, it's going to happen. Hundreds of cases. But also, I thought it was kind of cool. All the players last night, like Sunday, or yeah, Sunday night, they started all tweeting out, like, we're together, we want to play, and like, uh, you know, like, let's talk about some other stuff, too. Yeah, dude, and I think it was you that said that this whole situation is going to force them to admit that it's all about the money. Right, so that's kind of college football's, that's where you're stuck, right? You have a billion-dollar industry that, you're always like, oh, they're student athletes. And now it's like, we well, have TV contracts. They want that money. And then also it's kind of tough because there's nobody in charge. Like all the conferences kind of do their own thing. And then it's like, you know, like college football obviously crowns a champion. So there's, there's a hierarchy, but yet there's no like college football no commi- commissioner. Which, yeah. Yeah. So college football is kind of getting seen for kind of the, the flaw, flaws, a lot of the things wrong with it. But with that said, you know, it's hard to tell. Again, you're talking about athletes that work their whole life. Now they're 18, 19, 20, 21. Like, they want to go out and play. Yeah, and that's that's who I feel the worst for. Yes, yeah, so the NCAA just kind of is what it is. I mean, it's a machine and a bureaucracy, but not a particularly efficient one. You know, like the NBA – have whatever problems with it you will but the fact of the matter is like they're really good at making money and pushing out an entertainment product bottom line and the ncaa you know is a little more more of a um like a pta type council situation rather than they can't overtly say they're a business and so because of that causes some some downstream issues and so i honestly forgot where i was going with that 
Well, the other problem is, too, is like people are like, well, the NBA is playing. It's like, right, but they're in a bubble. Like hockey's in two separate bu- – hockey's only in two towns in Canada, and like they're in their bubble. So, you know, baseball's had issues. You've had teams get suspended because there's COVID outbreaks. I saw uh, some baseball player for Cleveland, I think, they sent him home in, a, in like a rent-a-car because he went out in Chicago, and they were like, well – you, you broke the rules and like, yeah. you got to fall back to peace. Dude. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's what I was going to say is the people who I feel bad for in all of this, you know, I, I don't feel particularly bad for these athletes who are making millions of dollars. In fact, one of my friends uh, is friends with a um, former Seahawk and they were saying like, Oh, you know, their life is kind of turned upside down by this and they don't know if they're, you know, going to make 6 million this year or, less and whatever. And I was like, you know, I don't feel that bad for the multimillionaires who have to move their family into a bubble or not have their family in the bubble. Cause that was the big issue is they're like, well, how do their families' lives march on? But you know who I do feel really bad. I mean, you know, that just is what it is. Like tough luck. You're making 6 million bucks a year. You know, you have to figure it out. But people I feel bad for are the guys who, you know, there's a couple every year who come in, whether they're a sophomore, a junior or a senior, they have a phenomenal season. They weren't on anybody's radar and now they're getting picked up and that chance is gone, you know, or at least is slipping away. And, you know, I mean, what's uh, Johnny football, you know, like he had a season like that. Like, um, I mean, yeah, you could name 50 different guys who have come in out of nowhere, had a crazy season and gotten picked up. So that's tough. Yeah. Honestly, like I, I forget where I saw this, but I think it's a good idea. So you saw The Rock bought the uh, XFL. Love it. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. Like, if I'm The Rock, like, I'm trying to put that organization together quick. There's only eight teams. In theory, you could bubble up in one city and, like, be the first. You know, I don't know if you'd be the first because the NFL is going to play. But, like, man, if you can get football out there, like, on a, like people will watch you. Like, Americans, I, I say this all the time, but Americans love football. American football is the pastime. Dude, honestly, I would go with the YOLO plan. I would hit up players, all the guys who had been signed up, and be like, look, we're going minor league style. You get a stipend and a place to live. You're not going to be making millions, but you will be on national TV. Show up in two weeks. We start playing in four. Let's go. Yeah, dude, I'm dead serious. I think they could do it. And people, I mean, people would watch it. I mean, look. I'm, oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I've been watching – more hockey and you know i'm still watching soccer by the way the fact that everything was canceled saturday was wild man i got up in the morning watched a little formula one practice and then i watched barcelona uh play some italian team in like champions league there was golf on basketball baseball hockey i was like this is this is kind of cool ted honestly you know the fact that you're watching like korean baseball international formula one and Indian cricket makes you sound like a junkie. I mean, you think about somebody who was an alcoholic for years and they're drinking rubbing alcohol and sunscreen and whatever else they can get their grubby little paws on to get that fixed. Like that's you right now, man. Like that's your life. Wow. I thought you were going a different direction and going to say he's like classy and distinguished and cultured. (laughs) (laughs) He's drinking out of the gutter. Actually, honestly, Formula <laughs> One's dope, and so is cricket. So, whatever. But you know, he, he is expanding his cultural horizons. I will say that. But drinking wiper fluid doesn't look good for anybody. <laughs> well, 
when it's midnight, you find yourself watching uh, uh, rugby from New Zealand. Like that's when you know you're hitting. Like, all right, what are we doing here? <laughs> I don't even know the rules. I just have gout. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, I, 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 I always talk about how I drink stuff. Just like I'm always like crushing beers or crushing that. I have a recycling in here. I think I drank like a case and a half of goddamn soda water this weekend. Nice. Just like, wow. Just like Dude, honestly though, that's, you know, um, somebody close to me is an alcoholic and that is a really good replacement. I feel, I mean, like for, for people who have given up alcohol, like, yeah, Matt, what do you think? Like in giving up alcohol, like I feel like soda water is, you know, it was clutch, like man. It feels like a beer. It was clutch. It was uh, even before I got into NA beers and having fun with that whole thing. Uh, I drank a ton of soda water. Still do. I mean, back then it was, you know, there was a, a you know, a very small section of it. You had your Perrier's, your San Pellegrino's. LaCroix was there, but they had like three flavors and then like generic store brand. And now it's like, Half the goddamn aisle is all these brands and flavors, half of which I haven't even tried. I don't even try and keep up with it. I just like, I know my generics that I like. That's all I need. My bubbles, they have good ratios. But, uh, you know, I've been, I've been replacing soda water with booze since I stopped drinking. And it was, you know, a, a huge thing. And it's wild seeing how much soda water's blown up since then. And now they got spiked soda waters out there which I always just laugh at because I'm like, no, that's what helped me not drink. <laughs> Dude, yeah, it's funny that you say that. In that book, uh, Atomic Habits, which is right above me, they basically talk about replacing habits. You still get the physical sensation, you know, replacing bad habits with good ones. You still get the picking up, drinking a beer, whatever. And then for people out there who are Topo Chico fans, the rumor on the street right now is that Coca-Cola bought Topo Chico and they're going to relaunch with an alcoholic version. Just... Wow. Like Topo. Can, can we just talk about it here, Cobb? Uh, I was going to save it for what's Matt in, but uh, Friday night, Ted, uh, I did my first shot of whiskey in over seven years with Cobb and George. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I found a uh, zero-proof whiskey alternative at Total Wine & More on the way down. was very excited. And, you know, I was. it was still – you're looking at me weird, Ted. You heard never, it correctly. I've never heard of zero percentage liquor. I mean, I, I hear of NA beers, but that's wild. Yeah. Uh, so I was, it was a lot of fun. Our buddy George is down there. He's a big whiskey guy. Cobb was there with me. I was talking about shotgun and a beer. He, he didn't get to be here for that. So uh, I, I got them in on uh, my first whiskey shot in a while, and I thought they were going to do regular whiskey, and they're like, no, I want to try that too. Uh, and it was pretty goddamn disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I yeah. mean, most liquors, if they, if they didn't get you drunk, you wouldn't randomly drink them. Right, that's what I said, was like, I mean – I my remembering of shots wasn't like oh they're delicious so the fact that this also wasn't delicious kind of fit but it was this weird like tasted like liquid smoke and cinnamon mouthwash kind of and it wasn't as thick as whiskey usually is like the uh 
the texture or uh, viscosity, like it was, it was more liquid and, and watery. So, but it was still a fun ceremonial thing, had a great time, but it was like afterwards you could just like hear a pin drop. There was no like, oh my God, it was the, the quietest post shot, like two seconds you've ever seen. It really was. Seven of us took it. And Ted, here's the recipe. Okay. You know, when you were like, I don't know, 16, 17 years old, and you would take some of your parents' liquor and then fill it back up with water thinking they wouldn't notice. Well, you took a whiskey bottle, you drank 95% of it. You filled the rest of it with water. Then you poured that, you let that water sit in there for two years. You poured it into a leather boot and then drank out of it. That's about where we were at with a little bit of liquid smoke added for fun. (laughs) Man, I can't believe I missed that. Sounds so tasty. It was awful. I'm not going to name the brand because there's a few out there, but man, yeah, don't recommend that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I mean, real quick. Not an alcoholic whiskey. You're kidding me. You don't recommend. <laughs> Wait, but that's like the old age old question. Like if food got you drunk, would people do shots of syrup? God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll marinate on that one. Uh, Cobb, you got some emails for us? Yeah, baby. Uh, yeah, I'm to grab water. See. Cool. Um, just so you guys know, I can't see you. Ted, to the greatest see you podcast. Either. Yeah, to the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. All the land. First off, before I answer the cop topic, Miami Jake doesn't do relationships. However, if I were to somehow find myself in the hypothetical situation of having to sell the perks of dating me, it would go as follows. Oh, yeah, that's right. We were talking about selling the perks of uh, what are the perks of dating you is the cop topic. Number one, great hair. I mean, just absolutely unbelievable lettuce. Number two, a great listener. Miami Jake may seem like a big personality that only wants to hear himself talk, but he really wants to hear about your day. Miami Jake cares. Number three, always has a little bit of weed. If anyone out there is interested, bang my line. You know where to find me, Miami Jake. <laughs> I will say Miami Jake is a great listener. I can confirm that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> God, man, just a lifestyle of cocaine and strippers. I'm interested to see who Miami Jake marries. Like, you know what I mean? Who's the dancer who gets him to leave it all behind? Leave behind the white Ferrari Testarossa. Leave behind the late nights of cocaine on South Beach and just settle down. That's out of my league. I'm just imagining him in a white three-piece suit with like a turquoise undershirt. <laughs> yeah, Miami Vice style. Uh, the So we were talking about um, if you were going to – if you rename the Happy Meal the Angry Meal, what would be in it? The Angry Meal for me would include a salad with shredded lettuce and no salad dressing, all gristle chicken, warm milk, and an unpaid doctor's bill from the ER, Michelle. <laughs> Dude, I once got a salad delivered, and it didn't have the salad dressing. It was, it was alarming. It was a blackened salmon Caesar salad. And I was like, right, but there's no dressing. They were like, oh, we'll refund you. It's like, yeah, but now I'm just eating dry lettuce and the fish was good, but it was, it was alarming. Uh, all right, last one. Uh, I got my knowledge of pigs disposing of bodies from the movie Snatch. No clue if it's accurate, 
but I believe it 100%. If you haven't seen this movie, I highly recommend it. And then he uh, he linked the scene. I'm not going to play it because I don't know how copyrights work, really, but you know I actually funny? probably will watch that after this. That movie's legendary. I've never seen it either. Great movie. I mean, uh, what I can tell you is it's a Guy Ritchie movie, and they all have you know a similar type of format in that there's multiple storylines playing out, and those paths cross and coalesce in the end in unexpected ways. Very fun. Kind of a fun ride. Brad Pitt's in that, right? Yes. Yes. And doesn't I, he have I some... think he's a gypsy. Okay, I remember watching part of I literally turned it off because I couldn't understand him through his accent. So, uh, I don't know if this is true, but my friend told me this this weekend. So, in that movie, uh, Brad Pitt is a... Um, uh, it's not a gypsy. There's another name for him, a pikey. And he is a bare knuckle boxing champion. Um, currently, um, Ted, you might know the guy's name, uh, Tyson Fury. Tyson, is that a yeah. number one boxer in the world right now? Yeah, he grew up as a pikey slash gypsy bare knuckle boxing people. I don't, I can't confirm that, but I was told that by my, my friend Brad. So, yeah, you guys know anything about that? Is that real? Uh, yeah, Tyson Fury is definitely uh, Roma from. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he grew up. Man, on- keeping it political, I like that. Yeah, politically correct. Going, I mean, yeah. Uh, not to say that word because you will get phone calls. Wait, are you not supposed to say the, literally the word gypsy? If we, if anybody ever brings it up on the air, and we on like the men's room, and somebody says it, like. I don't know how to explain it. You get like phone calls start coming in right away and they're like, like it, angry. Oh yeah. It's Should a whole I bleep all these. No, no, no. We're not taking live calls. So it's okay. but I feel like I, I like literally it's like a, it's like a known, like trying to think, you know, like Mike's chili parlor, chili parlor. It's like a joke that their grilled cheese is like $48 basically. Cause like, I can't remember if it was him or his dad just didn't want to serve grilled cheese. So it's like, it's $48. Nobody will ever order it. So it's like the same, it became like this thing, like, don't say that word because we'll start getting inundated with phone calls. I mean, it's, it's, like, a weird, <laughs> it's like a weird network, man. I don't know how So to- is it like considered by them to be derogatory or no? I honestly thought it was kind of a point of pride. Again, I, I don't know. I just know, like, I'm just telling you, like, we don't say it. <laughs> wow. And for those of you listening at home, Ted, the consummate professional still has not said the word gypsy. I respect that. <laughs> Should I put it in the episode description? Yeah. Jesus, no. No. Good Lord. That's how we get hunted, Matt. <laughs> uh, but Tyson, no, I do not need my driveway repaved. Right. Uh, right. Tyson Fury grew up bare knocking, bare knuckle boxing. His dad, I want to say, went to prison for beating somebody up in a fight. Like, like Tyson Fury just likes to fight. And he's kind of scary in the way that he's like a giant man who smiles and laughs and it's like, Oh yeah, let's go fight. Yeah. It's like, let's go have a good time. That's what dude. Those are the scariest people in any career. I think are the people who just do it for fun. You can see it in the UFC. But you can also see it in like in other careers where they're like, it doesn't feel like work to them. I mean, they're just so into what they're doing that like they could do it for 20 hours straight. They, they don't get tired because they love it. Very dangerous position. Yeah, and I always think there's something to fighters too. I think I think most people you always kind of look up to them. It's just like, man, like the fact you're making an appointment to go fight another person, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, 
not saying we all want to fight people, but everybody has those, those moments in your life. And it's like, well, that guy's doing it like for a living. Yeah. And like, think about how nervous you get just like knowing you're going to fight someone after school, let alone like eight weeks from now. And he's a trained world-class professional fighter and you're going to do it in front of everyone you've ever known. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine it's scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like fighters never really talk about that. I think it'd be scary as hell, man. You really yeah. want to take a face kick from Anderson Silva? I don't. Yeah, not world-class, not professional fighters. But I can just tell you from my experience at the Emerald Queen Casino, like training and stuff is one thing, but you get to that week of, especially the day of, and it's like, oh, man, like, this is on. Like, we're going yeah. to go meet in front of a couple thousand people and fight. Rumble, young man, rumble. <laughs> uh, all right, we good on emails? Yep. All right, let's check in with what's happening. All right. Well, um, Cobb, feel free to jump in if you have any things from this because uh, you were there this weekend when uh, we went down camping in Oregon with some of our friends. Um, and that's basically my whole weekend. But some of the highlights, number one, on the way down there, uh, we stopped at Dutch Brothers Coffee, which is delicious. Um apparently the freezes or the frost, one of them don't even have coffee in it. So I just wound up with a milkshake. I thought I was going to get some caffeine, but it was delicious. Um, and while we were stopped there, the podcast we were listening to on the way down had ended. And I Spotify was like, your top songs from 2016. And I was like, what a weird stroll down memory lane, but okay, let's see what's there. And so, for the first time in a long time, I listened to Stitches. Oh! <laughs> and, uh, no! Yeah. It was so good. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Molly Cyrus holds up like nobody's business, uh, and it was fantastic. So, that Man, was... Stitches in a couple of years. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was like. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe this is happening. So... Uh, any of our older listeners will remember when we discovered Stitches and how much fun we had with that. And it was just like, yeah, blast from the past. And that, so that was fun having like a playlist that kind of just brought me back and like songs I hadn't heard in a while. Um, also grabbed in and out on the way down there and Kaiser, uh, line wasn't too bad. Um, and delicious as always, um, didn't hit it on the way back though. We went to Carl's Jr. instead. No, no line there. Huh? No Burgerville? You're in Oregon. You got to stop at Burgerville. No. Uh, my friend Cobb overhyped Burgerville to me one time, and when I went, it didn't live up to it. So now I'm good, especially now that Oregon has some in and outs. Uh, I, I, think mean, their shake could, I think their shake would crush in and out shake. But other than that, well, in and outs burgers are good. Fry game is weak, IMO. Uh, yeah, that and that's fair. People have varying opinions on their fries. I get that. I think they're awesome if they're hot and you dump a full packet of salt on them. But it is a ticking time bomb. As soon as they get anywhere near room temperature, get them out of there. Um, speaking of food, I made BLTs for everybody, uh, and that was that was fun. That's like one of the I can make some bomb ass waffles. I can make really good chicken wings and uh blts were my first like thing that i figured out in the kitchen and uh 
made some killer ones. But what was cool was our buddy George, who was over at my house a couple weeks ago, he had uh, he tried to make the BLTs the way I did and didn't didn't pull it off. Missed a few key components, um, and so while I was making the BLTs, he wanted to like see behind the curtain of like what goes into them, and I was happy to share the information with him. But it also meant I got to hang out with him for like two hours throughout the process. So got bonus George time. People dug the BLTs, um, and yeah, it was pretty pretty solid. I tried to keep a low profile, but they took longer than expected, and people kept coming in to use the bathroom, and they were like, it smells like bacon in here. What's going on? And I was like, well, there goes the surprise, but they're working up an appetite. Yeah, bacon's a hard thing to keep a surprise on. I mean, it's just such an intoxicating scent. Like, everybody's like, ooh, bacon. Yeah, yeah, and you know, you know how the group is, right? Like, it's fun to, to just surprise people with some treats. Right, people love doing that, um, and there was no no element of surprise with with the bacon cooking like that. Yeah, uh-huh. Smell it, chummed the waters. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the store club. Um, yeah, so that was that was cool. We had a great time down in the river. Out, man, I swear, Oregon bugs just bite differently. Like. My ankle was swollen from how bad I itched. Like, look, it was just surreal. Um, but all well worth it. You know, it was a great time with friends. Um, jumped on a trampoline for the first time in years. That was a lot of fun. Cobb, did you get on that? I didn't. You know, actually, I didn't. I finally learned how to do a backflip like a, two years ago when I was in Austin, and I didn't get any tramp time in. I just did when in those social environments, man. I've, I've been so, um, what's it called? I've been so like, starved of attention and uh and conversation that i just went all out i didn't touch the tramp okay cool yeah it was it was fun um i don't know man you know there's just a lot of a lot of great conversations happening all over the place um and yeah just a special group of people that hadn't seen each other in a really long time and uh was good to be a part of it nice and then uh yeah cobb I got to talk to your lady friend a little bit more. I didn't realize she has a golf experience. Like that was, I thought that was rad. I got very excited when she was like, I played in high school. I was like, really? You got to come over and try the simulator. Uh, like just <laughs> standout moment, you know, it was first time ha- hanging out with her. I'd met her before, but like, yeah, so that's, that's always cool to get those like interactions with someone when they're, when they're new, I just like to make people feel comfortable and welcome and, you know, appreciate uh, their presence like that. And then uh, speaking of golf, last night I came home and watched the PGA Championship. Kind of, it was DVR'd, so I fast-forwarded. But if you paid attention to me rambling about golf, you know that I'm a big Colin Morikawa fan. Um, last year it was him and Matthew Wolf and Victor Hovland were like the three rookies. And I was like, Morikawa is my guy. And he got his first major, you know, at 23. It was, uh, yeah, really, really uh, awesome round that he put together. And I just had a great time watching it and really happy for him. It was a great way to cap off an awesome weekend. Nice. And I think that was his first major he played in, wasn't it? He played in the PGA last year. This was his second time in a major. He's been on the tour for over a year, has missed one cut, and has won three tournaments. 
Yeah. It's insane. Uh, actually, I watched some of that too, man. That was a good tournament. It was it was tied up for a long time. It was like four dudes at 10 under. I was like, holy crap. And yeah, that leaderboard was crowded. Oshim or everybody, like they think he's juicing. Bryson DeChambeau. Oh, my God. I hadn't seen that guy like tee off in a tournament. Cobb, he's sitting there and like, it just, you can just feel his muscles like flexing. Like, like the head of the club right before he tees off. I've never seen anybody just like, all right, all right, all right. Whoosh. Now, yeah, he, he looks like a middle <laughs> linebacker. Yeah, yeah, he does. That boy's thick. Yeah, he's fun. Dude, you know, um, uh, I heard somewhere, I don't know if this is true, but I heard Tiger Woods was one of the first golfers to actually lift weights. So maybe power yeah. is becoming a lot more important in that sport. For sure. I want to say Tiger was the first guy they ever used the word twerk with. Like twerk, like his body. Oh, yeah, because yeah, I got to assume that um, they all have really good form. And so only then would your raw physical power matter. I would say wrestling is actually the same way. Like technique will beat power. Uh, but if you both have really good technique, then you get to start separated by the little things. And if you can drive, you know, 10 yards further than the other guy. Sure. All right. Well, I guess it's about that time. Cobb topic. Cobb topic. Swan, uh, Ted, how old are you? Uh, 39. This is the perfect question for you. Now you have, you know, a couple decades to reflect on it. The Cobb topic this week. Well, I should say I've noticed my flexibility has been going down significantly. And I don't love it. Makes me feel old. The Cobb topic this week. What are the biggest differences between a man in his 20s and a man in his 30s? Feel free to email us, the word email, at thepodcast.com. Email at thepodcast.com. What is the biggest difference between a man in his 20s and a man in his 30s? Boys? I mean, for me, the one that jumps out right away is just, uh, like, you kind of lose the ability to random go play pickup sports. And, like... Somewhere along the way, you just don't sprint a lot. So when you, like, like playing, like, pickup basketball, all of a sudden you're sore. And, like, used to make fun of people in their 30s. And it's like, yeah. And then if you go out, like, I remember the first time I played pub league soccer, I was just like, man, like, I, I'm not going to be able to walk for a week. That was, that was probably yeah. the coolest one. I, I remember being, like, a teenager and in my early 20s playing, like, turkey bowl and laughing at people that were getting uh, sore. And now I'm the same thing. Like, if I went and played, like, a turkey bowl, like, football with you guys, like, I'd spend like, 10, 15 minutes stretching before I play. <laughs> oh, yeah. Seriously. That's yeah, us. that's smart. You definitely, you know, want to be a little bit more diligent with your recovery and warm-up protocols when it comes to physical activity as you age. Um, 30s is when that really starts to show itself. Um and if you're in your 20s, I've found personally and, you know, uh, anecdotally with others that you can, you can buy yourself a little bit more time by mixing some mobility and flexibility stuff into a workout routine in your 20s. Um, but for me, the biggest difference is the amount of moshing that I do. Um, last year... <laughs> When I went to see Hatebreed two nights in a row, once in Portland, once in Seattle, um, it was my first time moshing, and I don't even know how long. I think I talked about it on the cast, and uh, 
it was funny though because Jamie Josta, the front man at Hatebreed, like he knows his demo, and he's like, he's like, come out of Moss retirement tonight. Get in that pit. I don't care how long it's been, how old you are. Like I was like, damn, dude, you're speaking to my soul. But I was already in the pit by by the time he got to hyping it up. And I was like, oh, Mosh retirement. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. yeah, I was like, there's about to be a bunch of other violent old dudes in here now. <laughs> like. <laughs> Mosh retirement, F, man. I love that. Like, somehow when you get in your 30s, you just don't take the, the risk you used to. So, like, just simple things. Like, I don't know, maybe sledding down Denny on a wood pallet. Like, you're 20s, you're like, yeah. Screw it. Let's I'm try I'm invincible. It. Yeah. Forced yeah. to confront your own mortality. Oh, for sure. And you think about that stuff. And you got to take, take a lot of crap. Like, and I've, I've been called a bitch a couple times. So just like, yeah, it's a bar. Like, I'm, I'm not getting in a fight. <laughs> yeah, That's seriously. wisdom. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Dude, I, I would say, I mean, the, the, the obvious visual difference for me is when I was in my 20s, I played soccer with a lot of guys who were in their early 30s. And um, I noticed that the one thing that always separates guys in their 30s from guys in their 20s is guys in their 20s are – who were cool always wore like some kind of like street shoes, like with jeans, they wouldn't wear athletic shoes and guys in their thirties would always just wear like whatever your standard, you know, like cross trainers, you know, like not, not streetwear, but just like, you know, some random, like, I don't know, Nike shocks or something with jeans. And I swore I would never do it. I was like, dude, I'll stay young. That's the easy way to just look like you're still in your twenties, still cool. I swear to you, the day after my 30th birthday, I walked out of my house, I looked down, <laughs> and I was like, Matt, you're going to have to believe me. Fuck. I wore, like, and I looked down, it's blue jeans, like, straight into, like, some Nike freeze, and I was just like, well, there you go. Like, and I honestly didn't care. I kept going. I was like, dude, I just care more about comfort than being cool at this point. So that Function one would be mine. fashion. Yep. It hits. Yeah, I think it depends on the kicks, too. If you're just wearing, like, old man, like, white New Balances, that's one thing. But if you're wearing some fresh kicks, then I don't think it matters. But I dude, like kicks. Dude, dude, 100%. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, so there's a difference between, like, fresh kicks, like, cool Nike SBs or whatever, and, like, something like this guy that I'm holding up for you. Like, you wear this guy with jeans, it's just a different story. Yeah, like you said, New Balances I see all the time. Guys. Ted, you know that I just got a brand new pair of white New Balance 574 golf shoes, and they look fresh as f***. With jeans? Well, no, he just, I just... Thank you. Okay, I just got a little offended hearing white New Balances thrown under the bus. I'm very stoked about them. Golf shoes are a little bit different than wearing... I'm talking about, like, the white New Balances, like, Dad's wear to go mow the lawn. They still have stains. Dad Force Ones. Yeah, Dad Force Ones. Okay. Yeah, I got you. Usually like the navy blue outline on the on the N and very well worn. Yeah. Very, the, a close cousin of the Costco Court Classic. Yeah. Uh, you guys know my Reeboks, right? Those like old, the retro ones. They're total dad shoes, but they have the 90s like – water cup color scheme of like that turquoise and kind of pinkish purple they're both neon um and yeah they're kind of in that camp but the colors are dope and they're just so functional and i don't care about them i just wear them wherever i want so 
I guess I'm getting old. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, There you go. There's another episode of the podcast, uh, the home episodes. Uh, Thanks to all the new listeners that have jumped over. Uh, Glad you guys found us. Uh, Enjoy it. We'll, uh, you know, we've been doing it for what? Five, six years. So we're going to be doing it for a while. Hell yeah. All right. For MCTP, for Cobb, I'm the Ted Smith. This is the podcast. Cheers.